Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. In the World Series Game 2, the Houston Astros moving on. The Dodgers bullpen finally falters, and that Astros offense breaks out in a big way, trading home runs and extra innings. And this series now goes back to Houston with the Astros in the driver's seat because they play so damn well at home. And the Dodgers, I believe are really going to be feeling it once they go in there for that game three because they haven't felt this type of pressure all year. So should be a good one, and we'll continue to talk about some of the things from last night a little bit later in the show, but time for some NFL football. And once again, Cam Newton is making news at the podium. Now, Cam Newton has had three distinct issues that I can remember of him in press conferences now that became talking points. The first of which was after the Super Bowl where he didn't answer a bunch of questions. He was there for a little bit, and then he got up and he walked away in the middle of the session, and he said it was because there were Broncos players. Like, the way that the media was set up, the interviews were set up, is there were Bronco players, like, right behind another curtain, and he could hear them talking about winning the Super Bowl and shutting down Cam, and it was frustrating the hell out of him, and he couldn't concentrate and he got up and walked away. And I didn't blame him so much for that one. Bull dookie. And, well. It was the gold shoes. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, because I would have been annoyed, too, if I was there and I heard a guy, like, right behind me go, yeah, we shut him down, man. We just won a Super Bowl again. No, no, man. He ain't going to do a damn thing. Like, well, you you be annoyed, but stay there and take your medicine. Yeah, it's easier said than done. Yeah, but it that is was easier the first said than done, but you have to do it. Well, also. A like, lot of things are easier said than done, but you do it. Right. Take your medicine, man. Yeah. But, and and I also, I never really had, like, there wasn't an issue with him before with stuff like that. So I kind of gave him a pass. He was also the MVP. He was really damn good. He lost the game. The fact that he cared was good for me, you know? Like, he probably would have been criticized if he was just up there smiling. Like, yeah, listen to those guys. They're pretty happy over there. I'm going to go over there and dap them up. Congrats on winning the Super Bowl. Like, I don't know. And then you had the the woman routes. Thing, you know, for every yeah. set of female, mm-hmm. a female ask about routes. Uh, you had that. That's so funny, female. And then it's, it's funny. Ha. Big route. route. So he did that. And of course, that became like national news. Yeah, lost his yogurt. And it did. Yeah, it made him lose his yogurt. Yeah. It, 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 Oikos <laughs> uh, is now in the yeah. hands of Russell Wilson or somebody. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Dak Prescott, I think, actually got oh, it. Oh, he's got yeah, Dan in Yeah, Dak Yo. Prescott has got mm. Dan, in, Dan in Oikos Greek oh, yogurt. Brothers love yogurt. They, they do. It's like whatever, you know, and if <laughs> Dak messes up, then they'll go right to Deshaun it, it, Watson. It, it, it'll cure the munchies. Right. Uh, so then uh, yesterday... For whatever reason, he decided to walk off again with this question, which I don't really understand why this annoyed him that much. But let's take a listen to it and then him walk away. 
we just have to start fast and, 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 and just build momentum throughout the game. And big plays, big chunk plays kind of get to that energy, I think, that you're talking about. Does this offense, and I know you had, had several at Detroit and New England, you think you guys have the wherewithal to do that consistently week in and week out? Next question. And then he walked off from that. He just walked away. What's wrong with that question? Uh, no, at least we haven't had the wherewithal the last couple of games to be consistent in that area. That's the end of it. What's, now, what's so hard about that? Th- there isn't anything hard about it. I mean, that's, the that's, way do you guys have the wherewithal bothered him for some reason? Uh, it, it, he could have just simply said, it hasn't looked like it the last few weeks. You know, I've thrown, what, five interceptions? Three versus the Eagles, two this past week versus uh, Chicago. Uh, we haven't looked like we could uh, sustain any type of chunk ability uh, here lately. Yeah. Then move on to the next question after that. I, mean, I don't know why that set him off. Did it have something to do with the fact that this guy's from the same paper as the female reporter who uh, he uh, dismissed for the route question? Does it? Do, do they work at the same place? Do you yeah, know I believe it's, it's the same place. Yep. There's, there's only like mm. one newspaper in Charlotte. <laughs> Come on, so man. There's got to be more. <laughs> Charlotte Observer, May, yes. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Maybe that's there. there might be something behind it. In in that way, where this guy wrote something about Cam or whatever it was, it could be that, but I I don't know. Now, mm-hmm. the Carolina Panthers PR uh, Connor Orr uh, tweeted this out, and he is a Sports Illustrated writer, and this is what Panthers PR had to say about it: "Quote Cam didn't intend to be discourteous toward any specific media member. In his mind, after answering questions for nine minutes." He had fulfilled his obligations. And Who's quote, with SI? The guy who tweeted out the statement. I was oh, just giving okay. him credit because that's yeah. what I was reading it from. Okay. Uh, he fulfilled his obligation by saying, next question? No, clearly he was bothered by the question. Why was he bothered by that question? Well, they had he answered that question week. earlier? Yeah. Uh, was it a redundant question? But to say he had fulfilled his obligations, yeah, he maybe he had from a time point uh, from a time stance uh, standpoint, but that was rude, and and he angrily leaves the stage. You can't sugarcoat that. No, it was silly for them to even try. I mean, I don't even know why you have to put out a statement. Like, is anybody even asking for it? To, can right. you give us a statement as to why Cam walked away? No, we want to go to that media member and be like, all right, listen, you obviously got annoyed here. Whatever, it's over. I I just don't. I don't understand why I walked away. I don't know why they're trying to make excuses for him. I don't understand any of it. I mean, this would be my explanation if I'm trying to figure out why he did this. It's a combination of what you just said, that this guy probably had the back of his colleague or a peer during the whole female routes thing, and then he knew that of the guy. And also, they played horribly last week. I mean, just disgusting. Yeah on offense against the Chicago Bears. So he's already in a bad mood. Who knows what else happened to him that day? He was standing up there. He answered, and this is not excuses, but I'm just trying to figure out exactly why he would do that. And he ended up storming off because he was he was. I, the only thing I can come up with is the fact that he had already answered that question. Maybe it was redundant. Other than that, there's no reason to be as dismissive with this reporter as he was uh, a couple weeks ago with the route question. Now, if the If the route saga didn't happen, is this even a thing yesterday? Like, if he walks off in the middle of this press conference, do we even know about it? 
if that route deal didn't happen? I'm going to say probably not. I'm going to say probably we would because they're coming off another loss in which they didn't play well, and he in particular didn't play well, and he had multiple interceptions. He had three versus the Eagles, so I'm going to say we would have heard about it because now you couple that with what happened in the Super Bowl when he's playing well, all's great, I'll answer anything. Uh, when he's not, he, he, he behaves in the manner in which he got yesterday. Yeah, maybe, maybe not, but it definitely makes it worse or seem worse if we're just a couple weeks away from another press conference snafu that everybody was talking about, and here he is again. I mean, he's just, he kind of, we talk more about Cam Newton's press conferences than we do him on the field these days, it seems like, because it's either him wearing some wacky outfit or him acting like a jerk. Those are the two things mm-hmm. that happens. Wacky outfit, jerk. Pick one of the That's two. That's it. You know, he seems to be pretty good in the press conferences where he's wearing the wacky outfits, though. It's only where <laughs> he's, he's wearing... If he's just in the practice garb or... Right. The... <laughs> That's where he acts like a jerk, it seems like. Right? So maybe it's all about the outfit. The Martavis Bryant saga is now uh, opened up a new chapter as Mike Tomlin has benched Martavis Bryant. He made him go to the scout team, and he will be inactive against the Lions. So that reign of judgment came down upon him. Right, hard. Yeah. It did. So, And it's interesting now that, that Martavis is saying all the right things because what he was saying previously was counterproductive. Mm. Now you have the benching. Now he's saying, okay, it's fine. If I'm not traded, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to complain anymore. I'm going to work my butt off. Juju and I are great. We're brothers in arms. Oh, we all just want to be good. It's, why didn't you say that before all this had to happen? Yeah, but here's the thing with Martavis. He's always said the right thing in the locker room with his teammates and when the mics are in front of his face. It's social media that he's had the problem with. So let's just wait to see if there's some Instagram comment or Twitter post that he puts out there and then see if he complains. And we've gotten too used to this guy's name being Juju. You know, we we shouldn't be that. What's wrong with Juju Smith-Schuster? There's nothing wrong with it. It's just funny. Juju 7th? Juju. Juju. (laughs) What's up, Juju? Anything like that. It's back-to-back. Lulu, Juju, (laughs) Bobo. Hey, man. We have a Lulu on our cheerleading squad and Pop Warner. Do you have sex with her? Pop Warner, dude. (laughs) Ten years old. I don't know when you started. Start that early, do you? I'm, I'm, I Hope don't have the same experience as you had. No, you don't start that I just early. Thought it was a fair question. No, so uh, <laughs> fair question. <laughs> no. Juju, Lulu. <laughs> we had a. You remember Lulu from ten I, years I, old? Yes. I mean, you, you can't. Forget? You can't. You couldn't remember ten more than five guests that we had on the show yesterday in that how game. You we forget played. a name like Lulu. I don't, I don't, how do you forget having anybody on the show? I mean, I don't well, know. Well, a lot more going on now. Oh, <laughs> is there than then? It's well, just in, you brand, a lot more going on and a lot less going on up here. <laughs> Lulu is branded into your brain. I, I've lost a few synapses. Well, you bring up Juju, that triggers Lulu. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, Leave Juju alone. I'm not Juju picking stands. on Juju. You are. You're picking I, on his name. Pick I'm on not, seven. I'm not picking on his name. I'm just saying that it's just funny how easily now we're just like, well, him and Juju are okay now. Yeah, you start with Juju and you end with a law firm. Smith Schuster. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, anyway, he's benched, and we'll see if this wakes him up. But I knew I knew something was coming because I've yeah. said before with Tomlin, I mean, this is a guy that will give you the benefit of the doubt yep. most of the time. But 
This is now multiple occasions that Martavis Bryant has embarrassed him, and now enough is enough. And I, I do like the the take of of giving him one more shot, even though I disagreed with it and said I would have traded him because I think that if you this, – this is the final straw type of deal. Like, I don't know if Twitter – the more I thought about that yesterday, I was like, just trade the guy. Like, I don't know if, if frustration on Twitter should be the final straw, but if he gets – benched, he's inactive, and then he comes back and is still mouthing off after that, then that's all I need to yeah, hear, right? done. So, right, of course. I mean, it's... This is his last shot with the Steelers, and once again, hopefully he can sit down and, and be reflective of where he was a season ago. It's not that hard. Where were you? Not even a year ago. You know, six months ago. Where were you, dude? You weren't on this team. You couldn't practice. You couldn't be around these guys. And now you get to do... Uh, participate in something that you love, participate in something that you were working to regain the whole year you were out. You were hoping to regain the spot you're in, and now you're bitching about not getting enough balls. Well, you got to be a team player, and eventually it will come to you. And I'm sitting there, once he catches another touchdown, if that happens in the Steelers uniform, what the hell is he going to do? you talking about something that's going to be probably raunchy and draw a flag because he's had plenty of time to think about it. I'm going to make sure they remember me. What? <laughs> I mean, you, you just can imagine what's uh, going on in his head as far as his uh, his routine if he's to catch another a touchdown. But just relax. And, and, and someone, please, a teammate, tell the guy, Man, you weren't even in this locker room a year ago. I'm sure they have. Scout team, nothing. I'm sure they have, and it just hasn't registered. Come on, relax. We're going to need you at some point. The 49ers are a mess. The only reason that we don't talk about them being more of a mess is the fact that it's the first year of Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. and John Lynch, and the Browns are worse, so they don't get as much. They played some close games this year, too. Except for last week. Yeah, right, exactly. That was just a disgusting performance by them against the Cowboys. But in the course of their 0-7, they played a couple of close games in there. But uh, yesterday they were getting Mm -hmm. some flack because Mm -hmm. apparently they sent out a questionnaire to season ticket holders. And it said one of the questions on there, trying to gauge how the fans are feeling about the team, was (laughs) in terms of game day experience, how important is it that your team wins? (laughs) End quote. Not important at all. I just want to make sure my hot dog is cooked at the right temperature. That's it. Yeah. You know, after I plop down for a family of four, a couple hundred dollars, pay for parking, drive out of there, fight traffic, I just want to make sure uh, the concessions, you know, the concession stand food is, is uh, above average. That's all I'm concerned with. Not an exhilarating win or anything like that. I, Nothing exciting on the field. I do think, though, there is a percentage, a small percentage of fans that would say, it's not as important as it is to, like, the 90%. I bet you there's 10% of people that just love going. Just love Just the going. atmosphere. I mean, and and one of the – it's funny, though, because one of the answers that you could click was not important at all. Like, that's that shouldn't be one of the answers, no. right? Like, you want to tell me that there's a season ticket holder that's seen it all that was – there for the 49ers championships yeah. and watch Joe Montana in person yeah. and they're just they're they're happy with the rebuilding and I'm gonna go and I've got friends that I've sat next to for 30 years and the seats next to me and like I just this is my Sunday this is my experience I could say maybe there's someone there that's like okay it's not all about the winning and losing because I get the big picture but I mean I would say 80 to yeah, 90 percent of the if, people if, care about winning if you're answering that and you're saying well I want to take 
you know, little Johnny or I want to take our 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 our, our a Pop Warner team or youth group to the game, maybe then, okay, the winning's not the whole uh, the whole shebang. It's right. about that experience for those kids. Lulu wants to go yeah, and Lulu the rest of the Pop go. Warner yeah, cheerleaders. <laughs> you know, then I get it. Lulu, right? where you at, girl? What you, what you look like what's these you, days? Let's make up for lost time. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up next. Phil Savage will join us you after. You are savage. Ask and, me if I did Lulu. Well, I didn't know that you do a 10. I just, 10, uh, man. You Usually when you remember a woman, there's a reason why. So that's why. That's, that's all. I mean, am I wrong about this, guys? At Anybody? 10? Yeah. Who, you had a, 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 what? A, a, an odd life experience. So? 10? So any, anything's Grandma possible. Grandma had morals. <laughs> 10 for Brian is like 42 for everybody else. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it is true. No, it's not. Bogish update, Phil Savage, and then Mike's tracking down Lulu. So if we get her on before 9 a.m. Eastern. You're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Here I am. You need to and- find that uh, Ricky Lake. Episode man, yeah. It, How could you not find that? It's got to be archived somewhere. <laughs> Shockingly enough, in real life, Brian Jones was called on to Ricky Lake as a part of one of their "You bullied me, now look at me now" episodes. Uh, Brian was the bully, and the I wasn't bullying, making fun of you. That's it. <laughs> Wait, I wasn't bullying you. I was making fun of you. It's all in fun. <laughs> It's all in fun for you. <laughs> but obviously, it had a big effect on that woman. <laughs> Got her a free trip to New York. That <laughs> paid off, right? <laughs> Did it really? All that abuse? Um, big drama along those lines at my daughter's school, by the way. Bullying? Well, there's like uh, one of her friends is, I mean, he's, he's small for their age. And I guess kids started to be mean about it. And his mom wrote an email that she thought was going just to the teacher, like, hey, this is happening. Could you just keep an eye out and just make sure it doesn't get any worse? And she sent it to the entire class instead. Oh. Now, luckily, there were no names mentioned, so it wasn't that bad. But, like, now all the parents know that maybe their kid is being mean to this other kid. Uh-oh. Yeah. Not good. No, it's not a good thing. No. Trust the professional. Future Brian's. Yeah, right. Little, little future Brian Jones. Little... <laughs> you couldn't care less. No, it's amazing. He, he doesn't, you no. might have wrecked I, someone's I, adolescence. I did and not. And you a little stretchy band in your jacket. It was that. all in fun. They were tease mm-hmm. you. You tease them. Right. Uh, trust the professional parts people out of Raleigh Auto Parts. Help you choose the brakes that are an exact fit for your vehicle. Brands you trust like Brake Best and Wagner Thermal Quiet. Raleigh Auto Parts has the brake parts you need. It guaranteed low prices. Raleigh Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. I mean, you've forced Mikey Bean to therapy. I didn't. Well, he <laughs> cried out loud. Three <laughs> times a week. Three times a week what? You don't go three times yeah. a week. No, I'm joking. You oh, need to go say. seven. Yeah, I, I agree. That would be extreme. <laughs> you you can't to, afford that. You need to always be there. <laughs> you don't have insurance? Well, seven times a week? I, I oh, think yeah. there's a limit. <laughs> no. No, there's, trust me, there's not. Was, oh, and I'm forcing them into therapy. Listen to you over here. What did I say? you co-signing. Co-signing what? Co- He's saying copay. Copay. No, you no, co-signing. I'm co-signing. Greg's talking about health insurance. Oh, right. you're co-signing that he should go. Yes, seven yeah. days a week. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I, I treat everybody equally. <laughs> like you, you hate them. Basically, yeah. yeah. But <laughs> I don't dress them down all the time, like you do. Every other day, you ruin people's lives, man. You've been I doing, you, my you've been doing it for a long time. Is... You're a life ruiner. <laughs> <laughs> There's people who have self-confidence issues for the rest of their lives because of you. You don't even care. 
I mean, right. decades later, a person needed to pull you onto TV. Yeah, that's how bad it was. See what I got to deal with, America, you nasty <laughs> All right, Phil Savage is going to join us in a couple minutes. First, we have this bogus update. What's going on, bogus? Uh, Jose Altuve, Carlos Correa's back-to-back solo shots in the top of the 10th didn't win game two for the Astros. Yasiel Puig hit his own homer, and Kike Hernandez had an RBI single in the bottom half of the inning, extending the game even farther. So George Springer did his thing. Here's a 2-1, and Springer drives one pretty deep to right center field. On the run is Hernandez looking up, and that ball is gone! A two-run home run for George Springer, and the Astros are back on top. It's 7-5! to And they won 7-6 in 11 as Chris Davinsky survived Charlie Culberson's homer. The Astros emerging from the crevasse of delight <laughs> after four hours and 19 minutes with the series-tying victory. The teams combined for five extra inning long balls, eight total, no game, regular or postseason, had that many overtime homers, and eight will go down in the annals as the most ever <laughs> in a World Series wow, game. Heard that in a while. The Dodgers led 3-1 after Corey Seager's two-run blast in the sixth. They led 3-2, entering the ninth, but Marwin Gonzalez took Kenley Jansen deep. Manager Dave Roberts, though, not worried about the heartbreaker. Whether we were up 2-0 or... or- tied 1-1 going into Houston. I, I don't think that that's going to change our mindset. We've got a very resilient group, a group that's um, a lot of guys that have been around a long time, and so um, we'll be ready to go. Game three in Houston is tomorrow night. Roberts will start you. Darvish, the Astros picking Lance McCullers Jr. The Houston Rockets scored the final nine points last night in Philly. Here we go. They get it in Anderson. Back to Harden. In the corner. Gordon steps right, shoots for the win, and he gets it! And the Rockets have come from behind to win a stunning game here in Philadelphia. 105-104. That was Craig Ackerman on AT&T Sportsnet Southwest. Late threes from Steph Curry and Kevin Durant. Got the Warriors past the Raptors, 117-112. The Lakers outlasted the Wizards, 102-99 in overtime. Cleveland falling in Brooklyn, 112-107. And San Antonio won in Miami, 117-100. The Spurs have sent Tony Parker to their G League affiliate for a rehab assignment. There is still no timetable, though, for his return from May's ruptured quad tendon. The Ravens host the Dolphins on Thursday Night Football, 8 Eastern on CBS. 11 Baltimore regulars are game-time decisions, including Jeremy Macklin, Mike Wallace, Benjamin Watson, Terrell Suggs, and Eric Weddle. And how about some soccer? Vancouver thumping San Jose 5-0 after the Red Bulls rolled through Chicago 4-0 to start the knockout round of the MLS postseason. Oh, wow. So that means you know what's going to happen here soon. Cupcakes. That's right. Every we... time the Red Bulls do well, we get pastries. And we will get some because Big Fella's gone. Yes. Peter Schwartz used to take all of our yeah. pastries when they showed up. Big ass. <laughs> That day. That was the last thing. Oh, oh, oh. Another cupcake. We, we go is. into the update of you should be a better person, Brian. <laughs> Come out of it. What's up, fatty? <laughs> you know what, though? That day that there was four cupcakes or five cupcakes for us, like everybody on the right. show. And he just went after it like he couldn't control himself. Like a dog that like a hamburger fell on the ground. That was really an amazing he, display. Oh, oh, oh. Sports Giants. He took a bite out of one to claim it. Like, we had to tell the whole story. He, he, there was four. This one there mine. Were five he five people. It. He grabbed it and bit it. 
and look around like this is mine. Now no one else can have it. Man's an animal. Gross burger. Uh, <laughs> all right, Bogus, thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. We've got Phil Savage joining us now. Uh, guy's got a, a million jobs, and he's great at all of them. Uh, Alabama Crimson Tide radio analyst, senior bowl executive, former NFL GM. Phil, good morning. Thanks for joining us. How are you? Good morning, guys. That's the way Alabama is with the pastries down here in the SEC. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, <laughs> I'm surprised that uh, Nick Saban lets you do any of these interviews, you know, because we're rat poison to that team, you know, and we're going to be talking uh, highly about Alabama, and he's not going to like it. No, you guys are just glue traps. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like we have you on at some point during the college football season, middle of the season, or maybe towards the end, and I, I always end up asking you the same thing about weaknesses with this team because you really can't find any. Now, you're watching every single play. I know there's probably not a weakness that you could say, but uh, is there something that if you're game planning against this team, you look to exploit because maybe it's not as great as some of the other aspects of this team? Well, let's start with kind of something smaller. They've had problems on their punt return. They've they've rifled through three different return men. They've all fumbled the ball or muffed the punt or what have you, and that's been a bit of a frustration for them because obviously they force a lot of punts on defense. But I still think the overriding crux of the Alabama season is going to be the continued development of Jalen Hurts not as a dual-threat quarterback. He's sensational in that regard, maybe the best in the country, but in becoming a complete quarterback. Because when Bama's behind the chains at third and nine, third and 11, like most teams, they're not quite as efficient. And Washington and Clemson last year in the playoffs, they were able to put Alabama in that situation. And they got bogged down offensively some in both of those games. And Really, ultimately, this is what cost them the national championship. They were only two for 15 on third down in that last game. And I think that's something that they have been cognizant of this entire offseason and through these first eight games because uh, Hertz has definitely made strides in that regard. Yeah, that is something we're all looking with Brian Dable taking over, looking to see if uh, the passing game is going to pick up and, and, and progress, but they really haven't been in those stressful situations. Now, the Texas A&M game a couple of weeks ago, there were some moments in there A&M looked, like, looked apart as a team that has grown, and they were able to hang in there uh, for the four quarters, which you have to do if you're going to have any chance of beating Bama. Do you feel like that provided enough stress on this football team to where they learned a lot about themselves? Well, that game was 24-3 and was on the verge of getting ready to go 31-3, perhaps. And Bama lost a little bit of focus. They had a penalty, a drop pass, then a fumble. That was their first turnover in like 38 quarters. And that seemed to give A&M some life. They rallied up. I think you give A&M a lot of credit. They are probably the most improved team in the SEC going back to the opening weekend. But... I think what it did, Brian, it gave the coaching staff a chance to say, okay, we won, but here's all the problems that happened in the fourth quarter because they came back again for the last two games and dominated both Arkansas and Tennessee. And, of course, last weekend 
You know, it was 45-7 to in the fourth quarter. Tennessee gets the football down inside the one. First and goal, essentially, at the one. Bama turns them away. And a full stadium, essentially, the sideline, the players, the coaches, everyone wearing crimson celebrated like they just won the national championship. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's how intense all of it is surrounding Alabama football. I mean, it was a joyous celebration with a fourth down stop up 45 to seven in the middle of the fourth quarter. Gio and Jones with Phil Savage across the country on CBS sports radio. Uh, when you look around the rest of the sec, we know Georgia has been really, really good uh, in the other half of it, but is there a team right now? I mean, I know that Brian was very high on Auburn. They have disappointed him to this point. Is, is there anybody that you have your eye on at this point that you can see getting better and could be a, a threat at some point? Well, of course, LSU has won three games in a row within the league. They've got a week off uh, Saturday before they come up to Tuscaloosa next next weekend. Mississippi State and Texas A&M play this week, and that arguably, depending on what happens with Auburn down the stretch, that arguably could be for third, for the third best team in the SEC, uh, perhaps. I think one thing that's happened, guys, and, and this is related to my Reese's Senior Bowl work, is that I don't have the raw number, but I, I think that there's probably a tendency for the SEC and, and the southeastern footprint, so to speak, to lose more juniors, more underclassmen than most of the rest of the country because – if you looked at our top 150 players for the Senior Bowl, probably 100 of them are from other parts of the country outside of the, the Southeast, outside of the Sun Belt. Very few programs can continue to withstand losing juniors. Ohio State has been able to do it to a degree. Alabama's been able to do it to a degree. But what happens is, you lose players on your depth chart that you're counting on having for four years, all of a sudden you're having to push younger players out there that are not ready, or you're having to play older players that you didn't think were good enough to begin with. And I think that's kind of an overriding theme when you look at the Southeastern Conference right now because there's no question. uh, It appears to be Bama and Georgia on a collision course. And everyone else seems to be just treading water right now. Yeah, and speaking of that, you saw one that's definitely treading, and, and that's Butch Jones and the Tennessee Volunteers this past weekend. Uh, what are your thoughts on that program? Because they've recruited well. I, I received a text uh, a couple of days ago from a former player uh, there at Tennessee, and, and he felt like the uh, this team was lost three years ago, and, and, and they're just now seeing the fruits of the multiple recruiting classes uh, and 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 seeing them fall apart is, is is what he attested to, and he thinks you know when you coach at Tennessee or any SEC school, you have to know the history of the conference and by either playing or coaching in it. And he was on the sideline for that Georgia debacle, and he just felt like this team had no will to be great. Uh, what did you see from your vantage point as far as Tennessee is concerned? Well, as far as the individual game, you know, last Saturday they. They, they fought for a quarter and a half. They, they really did. They, I thought they had a nice plan early, defensively especially. But I think what's really happened, this is just my own opinion from afar, when Mike Bajakian was the offensive coordinator, he followed Butch Jones down to Knoxville. 
he left about three years ago to go to Tampa Bay and coach in the NFL, obviously with Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston and that group. So then they had Mike DeBoard as a coordinator who really wasn't as familiar with Butch Jones' system that he had brought from Central Michigan to Cincinnati to Tennessee. Then they, DeBoard goes to Tennessee, they bring in Larry Scott, the former interim coach at Miami. He, he's never called plays, much less gone under the hood, so to speak, to fix this offense. And so I think part of the issue in my mind is that there's been staff turnover, especially on the offensive side of things. And you combine that with the fact that Josh Dobbs, three-and-a-half-year start at quarterback, plus Alvin Kamara, junior running back, Josh Malone, junior receiver, both take off, and Jawan Jennings, their best player coming into this year offensively, gets hurt the first game. There's a reason why they've, they've struggled on that side of the ball. Gio and Jones with Phil Savage on CBS Sports Radio. The Browns are back in the news again because it's a another year where they don't look like they're going anywhere. And you have Carson Wentz doing what he's doing, Deshaun Watson doing what he's doing. They passed on both of those quarterbacks. They have their own issues at quarterback. Uh, you were the general manager when they had a 10-6 and season back in 2007, uh, and then 4-12 and after that, and then you moved on. Um, but why is it? that this team continues to put up some of the most futile records that the NFL has seen year in and year out with all the draft picks that they have accumulated? Yeah, I certainly lived at uh, 05 to 08. And, I mean, those seem like glory days now, averaging six wins a season uh, based on what's happened over the last decade. It's just been too much turnover, too many philosophies, Two, two years here, three years there. And, of course, now they're in this situation where not only have they not solved the quarterback riddle, but Carson Wentz looks like the potential MVP of the league. Deshaun Watson's taken the NFL by storm as a rookie. They, they essentially had both of those players in their hands if they wanted those quarterbacks. They decided to to try to build the team through multiple draft picks. And I think if, you know, if I were going to say something critical of the current regime is that to me, when they drafted Deshaun Kaiser, if you, if you felt like he was the answer, you either had to redshirt him because he was very young coming out of Notre Dame, or if you are going to play him, it doesn't matter what the results are you're going to let him learn on the job. And, of course, they've now pulled him out on two different occasions, once for Kevin Hogan, now twice for Cody Kessler. I think it's very confusing not only for the fans but for the, for the players themselves in terms of what direction are we going at the quarterback position. So is Mika Fitzpatrick going to be their number one pick this next draft? <laughs> Well, I tell you what, he's he's a bit like a Miles Garrett in that you probably uh, couldn't go wrong with Minka, although I would say this, Minka's so versatile. He can yeah. play corner, he can play safety, nickel nickel corner, dime linebacker, and, you know, that, that reminds me that probably the story of Alabama's team, and Brian, you follow the SEC closely, has been the emergence of the walk-on left corner, Levi Wallace. Yes. He's a senior. 
Yep. That whole junior conundrum where guys are leaving early, just about caught up to Alabama at the cornerback position over the years. This this season, one of the younger guys not quite ready to play. They turn to the senior walk-on. Levi Wallace has been the SEC Defensive Player of the Week two games ago. He's got three interceptions, multiple sacks. He's played extremely well, and that has allowed Bama to move Minka Fitzpatrick around to all those different positions. Phil, thanks for the time. As always, we appreciate it. I'm sure we'll talk to you down the road. It's always enjoyable for us. We hope it is for you as well. Guys, I appreciate it. I wrote a book called Fourth and Goal Every Day. Really well, say that again. You broke up a little bit. The how and the why well, say, won so much there. Say, say, say that again one more time because you broke up a little bit. I want to make sure you get the plug. Oh, I said I, I released a book about a month ago called Fourth and Goal Every Day. And whether you're a college fan or Bama fan or even a pro football fan, it really goes into the details of how teams and why teams win. And specific to Alabama, they've dominated the scene really for the last decade. Fourth and goal every day. Check it out. Phil Savage, we love you. Talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Appreciate it, guys. Y'all have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. too. Phil Savage, a very, very smart man. One of those, uh, the the list of smart men that have gone to Cleveland. At least he had some success there. They had a 10-win season when he was general manager. I mean, that right there is. That's a Super Bowl. Right. Something (laughs) to hang your hat on. We're coming right back. Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Greg Giannotti, Brian Jones, Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. This game preview is brought to you by Ferguson. For over 60 years, Ferguson has been the name that pro contractors count on for plumbing, HVAC, waterworks, and more. Put them to work for you at ferguson.com. Chargers, Patriots, 1 p.m. Eastern Sunday from Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. Chargers 3-4, and four, Patriots 5-2, and two, and the Chargers three straight wins after starting 0-4 oh and, and Tom Brady. 15 touchdowns, just two, count them, one, two picks on the season. Yesterday after the show, our producer Mikey B told me and our program director Eric Spitz a story about how his wife was out of town and his wife is big into the Brooklyn Nets now. Like, I don't know how this happened, but she loves the Brooklyn Nets. She needs to know what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets at all times. Because of Levert? Yeah, she likes Karis Levert. That's, uh, that's, that's her okay. favorite player, likes his game. All right. And she called up Mike as, which game was this? This was Nets Magic. Nets on Magic. Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Nets Magic. She calls you up. It's the fourth quarter, right? Correct, yes. So if I get anything wrong, just interrupt me. Okay. It's the fourth quarter. She's out of town. She wants to know what's going on. She calls Mike for the play-by-play. So what Mike does is he mutes the television and does play-by-play himself. Now, he was... That's kinky. Right? It it is kinky. Yeah. Right? Instead of putting the phone up to the television... You know, he's he's like, doing, I got this, baby. He's doing yeah. now. He did play by play. He's just trying desperately to get on the air, Mike. That's what's yeah, going on. Pretty here. much. So he he did play by play in college. Yeah. But he took this opportunity to, like, do play by play the Nets. Now, did you wife. do basketball in college? I know you did baseball. 
I did the baseball play-by-play for UVA. But no basketball. No basketball, okay. no. But this is like the Beseglia version of phone sex, basically. Yeah. So. Nets play-by-play, yeah, right? I, I suppose so, Ooh. yeah. Right. I mean, I can just picture this. Did you not record it? Oh, man. <laughs> Baby, we got a minute and a half to go. <laughs> Spencer yeah. Dinwiddie is inbounding the ball. <laughs> oh, man, look at them arms on this guy. <laughs> Rondé Alice Jefferson. <laughs> Jefferson goes to the hole. You know what it's like to go to the hole? Because I do. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Oh, foul. What a bad boy. Going to the line. This guy, everything stopped. Just a man in a basket. Trying to get it in. Ooh. You want to contribute to this? Or no, no, oh. you don't. You don't want to. No. Okay, I just want to. You doing it well. Oh, I just want to. <laughs> oh man, this Orlando Magic team—they're so young and they're so spry. <laughs> man, that Aaron Gordon. Look at Evan Fournier. Fournier, French for let's get it on. <laughs> I think the Nets are going to win. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to do it. I think they're going to do it. No. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. Okay, didn't happen. We're going to try again against the Cavaliers, baby. Hello? <laughs> Babe. (laughs) (laughs) Is that how it went, Mike? Yeah, they blew it at the end. (laughs) (laughs) The game. (laughs) And so did I. (laughs) Wait, Mike, I'm talking about is that... They're up 12. Is that a reasonable facsimile of your Mm play-by-play to the wife? Mine was a little better. (laughs) (laughs) Karis LaSquirt. Okay. What? 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 What's wrong with that? Yeah. What? There's nothing wrong with that. Hey. It's got butterfingers. You can't hold on to the balls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So. Hope you have more stories for the meeting today. <laughs> Next time, put Iron Eagle up. I mean, I know it's TV, but yeah. he's Iron Eagle. Just nah. put the phone to the television. Did she appreciate it? Yeah, she loved it. Oh, see, she did, that, she did appreciate that it. That I mean, it wasn't the result we were looking for. We were, but I she, mean, our, you know, but when she gets lost. home, it'll be the result you're looking for. Yeah, last night we watched and they won uh-huh. together. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at that! That's the key. Did you win? That's the key. Well, the Nets won. <laughs> and then I, you've already established that. And you went to bed. Yeah, and then I went. Well, I watched the baseball. Did you? No, you didn't. Never mind. But no, I didn't. Ask him like. Oh, okay, fine. I put This Is Us on. <laughs> oh, no. Gosh. Did you really? I hate I've been that dying show. to see that episode. Oh, why do you hate it? I heard a lot of people like that show. Exactly. That's why I hate it. Oh, you are so <laughs> hateful. No, it's it's just classic network TV garbage. Mm. It's just a bunch of people doing what? Never mind. Looking forward to our 840 spot. No, that's a good show, Superior Donuts. 
Gio and Jones, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.